Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in hot, football played on paper podcast, episode 103. On today's show, we'll cover why we're a man down. Sean Dosh apparently doesn't feel the cold. Uh, we've got an EPL review from the weekend and the midweek game, so we've got the preview as well, plus weekly happening, so stack show. Um, and Barney's here. How are you, bud? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Had a bit of a coronavirus scare, but still staying healthy, staying negative. Yeah, that's good. Staying negative, which means you're staying positive. I like that. Halsey, exactly. how are you? Yeah, good. I, I too was uh, somewhat involved in that coronavirus scare, but we won't go into too much more detail. I'm excited because I'm actually across all of the weekly happenings this week, so I can actually excited to contribute my thoughts. That, that, I'll do my good. job well uh, enough then. Yeah, I've got. Um, yeah. I actually got a text from uh, from Jobber, so um, if you don't mind, I, I might just uh, read that out for yourselves and the and the, kick it off. And the listeners, so yeah, bear with me here as I read through this text. Rather long too, so uh, yeah, strap yourself. Is in. a copy um, of his memoirs he was talking about, was it? <laughs> <laughs> hope, you, hope, hope you haven't got those read receipts on because he's going to be on you. <laughs> yeah, he's on me. Um, hey, guys, can one of you please read this out on the pod tonight? Yep, sure. Here it goes, Job. Um, hi, listener. As you know, I'm a huge fan of the environment and coffee. I knew the coffee one. The environment one's new, new to me, but there you go. Um, as such, I was inspired to purchase... The um, edible cups from a Scottish company called Biobite, not sponsor, he puts in brackets here, um, the ones that we featured on an early episode and were served at the Manchester City Stadium. I think I remember that. Do you guys remember? Mm, remember that? that doesn't edible no. cups from memory bank. No. Anyway. no. Um, anyway, so it looks like he's got those. Yeah. So I took my cup to my local barista, which had promptly filled up with my usual chai, soy, decaf latte. Then jumped into my car and headed to work. As you know, I have free parking. Okay. <laughs> Mention that again. In South Bank, um, no less. Yeah, I do. <laughs> As I start to eat the, <laughs> eat the cup, I realize that these are really, really no good. As soon as you take a bite from the cup, the burning hot chai soy decaf latte runs down the front of my thigh <laughs> and burns me. Yeah, right. I was able to swap out my elastic tie from my emergency elastic tie, but the burn marks remain. Hence, I'm not able to make the pod. Anyhow, enjoy the pod tonight, boys. Josh. There you go. So, uh, I, I appreciate the uh, the candid nature of that that message, Job. Uh, I wish you the best and hope you get a, a replacement tie. They they uh, so apparently I'm just looking up now. Their biobite they make edible wafer cups, um, and just looking at them, they look <laughs> like gone. straight cork. So, yeah, I think tasty. the first instruction is finish beverage before consuming. <laughs> oh, he's eating it and it's gone down. And elastic ties, Hosie, were right. I thought they were real, but no. Yeah, I think he, he said to me, you also ruined his reversible belt, the old black brown combo. So, he's going to have to find <laughs> I, another I, one I, of those. Oh, yeah, 10 bucks in, but bloody hell. <laughs> that'll, that'll pay for the new, new belt. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's get on that note, let's get into the uh, weekly happenings. So, the misery at Tottenham continues. After losing to literally the lowest ranked team in any European competition this season <laughs> on Friday, just want to remind everyone of that because I knew Jubble would be very happy I brought that one up. Then went on to a Tottenham fan who on the weekend, hey, he um, 
he had traveled, him and his partner had traveled from all the way from Dallas, Texas in the US of A, 31 hours it took him on flights, on buses, on trains, to all, get all the way to Burnley to watch the Burnley v Tottenham game, which was going to be a belter. Everyone knows it. And they get there and then what happens? The game's called off. There's, there's no game on because the snow was way too heavy. Um. But Halsey and I, I didn't know this was on the running order, so Halsey and I already chopped this up yeah, before. Yeah, Sean's got more to add to this um, too. It's in great. the, in oh, the production meeting. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so tragic news for them. Um, so, obviously, he went to Twitter, right? He put a selfie out on the plane or train or whatever and um, with his girl and said, oh, yeah, I missed the game. And um, Harry Kane, you know he's a nice guy. He reaches out to him and says, don't worry, mate. You know, thanks for your support. Um, come as my guest to the next home game and hooks him up with some tickets. And so I'm presuming he's not sitting with like all the commoners, right? He'll be in a nice little box, nice and warm from all the snow over there. Um, and so, yeah, that, like nice gesture from him. This guy accepted it. All good, play on. But no, hang on. The internet likes to get digging, don't they? So they, they go on this guy's Twitter bio. Oh, God, here we go. Dig out some old tweets. <laughs> and apparently this guy, when Harry Kane was like, should I stay, should I go? I'm, you know, having a move and um, I'm doing interviews with Gary Neville on a golf course about how I want to play for Manchester City. Um, this guy started tweeting on a little rant to say, get him out. If he wants to go, go, move him on. And so everyone's like screenshotting these and then like putting them back out into the um, internet. <laughs> so definitely, uh, do we know the result of that? Like, is there more to come or? <laughs> oh, surely, surely, Harry, you can't revoke the tickets based on that. No, nah, we'll keep an eye out for him at the next match. Um, I did. Did see actually Barney, uh, um, one of the comments, the top comment actually think on this post that I found on Reddit was actually um, the only thing worse than missing the game was if you actually had to watch Tottenham play. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, they haven't missed the mark by much there. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty, good old roasting. Pretty, 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 pretty terrible. I'm not sure it's on the running order either, one, but um, the other thing I want to cover at this fixture was um, when Daishi walks out of his office to go and no, talk to the referee. No, I want to touch on it now, so you go, Sean. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, no, 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 ahead right. today. I'm it's bloody right. excited. No, no, no um, I, I was hoping to bring it up at this stage, so you're all good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Daishi walks out of his office, right, um, to go and talk to the referee and sort of make a decision on, you know, should we play, what should we do, like, do Burnley want to push to get the game started or whatever. I'm sure everyone's played football has been in that position where you just go walk out on the pitch and work out whether you can actually play or not. Daishi, well, everyone's like rugged up. We're talking like scarves, gloves, um, beanies, like everything, right? And Daishi walks out, no jacket on. Hard as fuck, it- Sean Dyche. <laughs> he is. There, no jacket on. Sleeves half rolled up, just looking hard as. He's like, this is a summer's day in Burnley, mate. Exactly. Did you hear his um, what? follow-up with the interview? I, I think it was like post-game or, or after it or whatever. They said, asked him about him walking out. No. And he was like, oh, I'm disappointed. I should have worn short sleeves. But what, why a, is he being hard? Like, what's that's the point a hard of, like, just, just born that way? Hard you, are? you heard him. different, mate. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I think, um, you know, the the old saying, yeah, could they could it be done on a cold and rainy night in Stoke and how, like, Burnley's sort of taken that mantle from Stoke as the yeah, current yeah. Premier League, like, fortress, I guess, or, or yeah, tough yeah. slog. It would have been great to have this match played in the snow because then you could have really changed the whole meme to can you do it on a cold and snowy night in Burnley. In then Burnley, it's, oh, yeah. It's 100% original. Would well, if Burnley stick around long enough, maybe that'll catch on, but it doesn't look like they'll stick around long enough. Nah. nah. I'm I'm actually really thankful the game was called off because if it was a snow game, Burnley would have probably beaten oh, us. Oh, plays in a Burnley 100%. Hands, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Long ball city. Yeah. All right. Next one we're going to look at here is... 
a pretty ridiculous stat at the moment, and that is that the only there is only four teams in the whole of the Premier League at the moment that have a positive goal difference, which is crazy. Uh, so it's the top, it's the top four. I'm going to so, count. Do we count zero as a positive? Well, nah, 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 any positive, bro. Nah. Zero is technically a positive. Anyway, yeah, goal. but but it doesn't work yeah, into this nah. narrative of this stat. Nah, go, so go, we're, go, not, go. we're not this counting is, zero. This is absolute so, zero. So. so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. So four teams: Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, West Ham. Also, top four all have positive uh, goal differences, and then every single team underneath that is negative, and we're going to include zero in that, which is yeah. just crazy, and probably shows, I guess, the strength of the league and how even it is this season, right? Outside of those top three sort of yeah. teams, we, we said that last week, didn't we? I, I think I mentioned yeah. that, like those top three, they're like pulled away now, right? They're in their own bracket, their own yeah. race, and then then you've got like another group, um, which honestly goes from sort of like uh, probably. Probably Wolves down, right? All the way down to, would you say, Watford at that point? Like that's yeah. like a whole stack, right? That's like it's two, only, two games between those two games, spots. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then you've got Cellar Dwellers after that. So, they're, everyone, they're sort of in like, you know, two and three groups at the moment. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And just on the difference between that top three is um, West Ham in fourth place with a goal difference of eight and Liverpool in third place with a goal difference yeah. of 28 a and then 20 and 26. Like it's a, that's a golf. That's a big yeah, gap. There, yeah, there's a big gap between even those teams. And mm. I think we've seen over the last few weeks that West Ham have really been separated from that top three pack and now they're they're in a different sort of tier at the moment. Mm. Um, alrighty. So we saw during the week or just yesterday actually that big old Ralphie Ragnick signed on the dotted line for United and he's in as the interim manager. I've never seen so much hype about a signing of an interim manager, which is crazy. Shauno, is this good for them? Is it bad for them? Is it? What's your view on it? Oh, it's got to be better than Carrick, right? Um, <laughs> 100%. It has to be better, right? But yeah, so like, I didn't know a lot about him. Done a little bit of research this week um, and, and heard him speak a few times. So um, yeah, I suppose he's supposed to be the the godfather of the, uh, the Gergen press. So... And um, he taught Klopp what he knows, apparently. And uh, Tommy Tooks refers to him as well in his style of play. So, yeah, like he comes with um, good credentials. So, apart from the trophies. So, if Man U need a winner, um, they've hired the wrong man because this guy hasn't won anything really, um, especially anything of note. So, I thought that was a little bit unusual. And the other thing is that he's going to do finish this season and then he's going to go into the backroom staff um and, and sort of work in the office so we'll, we'll see how that goes um and the other thing i want to mention on this is um they of course the internet digs up um whatever he's done in the past and so <laughs> apparently good. in the past um he said that yeah ronaldo doesn't work hard enough for him and he wouldn't manage him so this is, that'll be interesting <laughs> and I, I think he had something on um on rashford too that he's just um he's just too raw and um he's not the smartest player it was said in a um in German, so I think that that was the translation. Uh, translation come, might have, yeah, yeah. It's the smart. He's not the smartest player, but apparently in German, um, it was a lot harsher. So yeah, uh, I, I was mean, even worse. In it was worse in yeah. German. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, like, there's no English word for it. So he's not the smartest. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have a few concerns over him coming in because I understand why they're they're gonna. Like bring him as interim manager, and then he gets set up in this. He sets up a bit of a system in the back room. He's, he said he's going to be like a consultant. Mm. The problem with that is, is that you've got to then sign a manager that fits into what his style is. Because if you get someone who's completely different game style, then it doesn't really work. Because then he's got different views on how it should be the game should be played anyway. So if you got like Klopp and him together, 
I mean, that's great. That's going to be a match made in heaven. But like, you know, you get someone random in who doesn't play that way with the the press, then it's not going to work. Secondly, his system uh, takes a fair bit of time to set up in a in a yeah. squad in a team, right? Which I so you've almost pretty much written off this season then as United supporter because he's not going to be able to turn the team around to get them to be like, say something like a Liverpool or a City or a Chelsea where they are now in half a season. I don't know many could, but like that's what United are probably expecting, right? And that's what the fans are hoping for, which is, which is, um, you know, a bit is going to be tough for them. And I guess lastly, the team where you sort of reference Sean about older teams, these players who don't work as hard and stuff like that. The team he had at RB Leipzig was the youngest in the in the yeah. um, Bundesliga at the time. It was like twenty three and a half years old. The yeah. average age was, um, and this United team is not that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sean. I was just gonna say, yeah, they are very young, and he prefers to work with young, hungry players than like um, more established players. Fits and, the system better. And there's word that um, he reached out to Carrick and said, "Drop Ronaldo now." Um, so like, I don't have to eventually when I get there. It's not yeah. a bigger headline. <laughs> I'd believe that. So. And so that's the thing because, like you sort of touched on Barney, and and I think uh, Roy Keane mentioned it in a in an interview after the game this week. Like, yeah, it's exactly that. The players that they have currently just don't won't fit that heavy metal, hard, fast press style of football. So he's going to have to like clear half the team out and, and get in players like work with the the best of a bad bunch almost, like players that are one fit enough and two have the right attitude. Because I don't think anyone in that team's fit enough to play that fast pace, high press sort of style of football and then there's you've also got the the sort of prima donnas type players that don't want to do that either who won't press so he's gonna have his hands full but i'm like excited that another coach like that's in the league it is always entertaining even though it is for my biggest rival yeah he's he'll definitely have his hands full i think he i probably disagree slightly in that i think he does have the squad to do it um I think you probably just go rotate maybe four or five players out there. But, man, your squad's so massive, right? You can still do it. But I can see that he could teach um, Rashford, Greenwood, um, probably not Martial. I was going to say Martial, but maybe Martial. Bruno fits that system. Sancho and Bruno and then Fred behind him. Everyone's talking about how great Fred is just going to stick into this um, system. So, like, maybe the bones are there, but, like, in terms of a complete squad, I agree. No way. But the only other issue with Fred, though, is he's a terrible footballer on the other side of the ball once he has it. Um, so, there's that <laughs> issue, but you but can get around it. With, with players like that, all you do is create a rule. You like All you do, you run around, you tackle, and as soon as you get it, you pass it to the closest person. That's it. That's your rule. Yeah, as if, yeah but if he misses you, 50% you, of those if passes. If you skip any passes, you skip any player or anything, you break any lines with your passes, you're off. So, I think no, if, I get, you, I get if that, you give yeah. him that rule, I think maybe he could work. Obviously, then he needs like different level players around him to be able to do all those things that he can't do. But, yeah, like it's I, plausible. I, we'll see. I also yeah, think uh, Donny will fit into his system pretty well. He's a yeah. hard worker. He's, he's got smart movement as well. And I think a smart player like him will fit into a system like this well, knowing where to be because there is a system to play to. So you need to know yeah. what the next move is. And I think he's definitely the kind of player that, that would uh, fit that. So it's interesting for United. I, could I, be I, very good, could be bad. I think Donny, Fred... And um, Sancho are going to thrive in, under his uh, management. I hope yeah. so for Donny. Yeah, same. So for Donny. All right. And then we had the Ballon d'Or that went on sort of last <sighs> night, midday yesterday uh, in, in Australia for those listeners and elsewhere 
in the world. So I looked at it and I thought it was daylight robbery. Yeah, just quickly announced to everyone who hasn't seen who won. So if you haven't been watching any news over the past day, Messi won the Ballon d'Or. Messi? Oh, what a shock. (laughs) Lewandowski came in at second, which is the biggest shock of the day. And uh, Jorginho was third, which I think was deserved. Um, I don't think anyone's arguing that. But, um, yeah, crazy how Messi's won it again. Um, And there was some controversy as well surrounding the Ballon d'Or, like there always is. So it wasn't just that Messi won it, but it was also that they came out and said Ronaldo didn't attend because of a quarantine uh, issue, which he then, you know, came out and just completely railed against. He's like, no, it wasn't because of this. It was because uh, Pascal Ferrer, I think his name is, he's the editor of French Football, came out earlier in the week and said that Ronaldo only is continuing to play so he can win more Ballon d'Ors than Messi. And then... He basically came out and said, that's bullshit. Like, I never said that. I've, I've never said that. And um, I wouldn't say that because that's not the kind of person I am. And uh, and he said, the reason I didn't attend is because of that exact comment. And that's why I didn't go to the Ballon d'Or. So, very interesting. Drama. Yeah. Drama central. So, do you guys in agreement that you think, obviously, we don't, I don't think anyone here thinks Messi was a deserved winner. No. Um, aside, unless I think shirt sales probably plays a big factor into it, obviously. But um, do you think that then Lewandowski was the deserved winner? or? Yeah, I think Lewandowski for me. And I suppose if you're going off trophies, which this award, which I suppose it's all subjective, isn't it? You, you suppose you need to actually see the criteria. What is the criteria? But yeah, yeah. If you're looking on the biggest years, um, yeah, I think Lewandowski's individually had the, the best year. I'm not sure you could stack up an argument um, against him. And if you're looking for like honours and what's been won, um, Jorginho, he's he's next in line. So I would have been okay with either one of those. I, I can't say how people can stand there and say Messi had the, like, we're not talking about like potential. We're not talking about great careers. We're talking about the 12 months that we've just lived in. Yeah. Inside exactly. that 12 months, I don't think anyone could honestly say that Messi had the greatest 12 months out of any not footballer even in the five. world. No, no way. No, no way. So I got I got a couple of questions for you. Go Do on. you think a big issue here? Because uh, I mean, Josh and myself, I'm sure. I think you might have gone as well, Sean. You've gone to the camp new. You've done the stadium tour. You've seen all Messi's Ballon d'Ors uh, stacked up in the, in the stadium. <laughs> Who gets this one? Does Barcelona oh, still get it, or PSG. do PSG get it? You have yeah, to PSG, prize yeah. it out of PSG's dead, cold, oily, greasy <laughs> cupboard hands. Yeah, yeah. pretty easy. Um, pretty might, actually, it might, it might be really <laughs> but there's no way that they like they sign players like Messi to have these display his Ballon d'Ors and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And have this type of history at their club, but like, that's what that's what they're trying to create. Like if you look at their club, they've got everything but the history and and the the glamour of yeah, say a, a Barcelona or um, yeah, one of the one of the English clubs or even some of those Italian clubs. So yeah, I, I think they would be fighting tooth and nail to have this displayed at, um, at uh, in Paris. Yeah, okay, and then s- absolutely. Secondly, just quickly, uh, do you think he got a bump in the votes? A, because he played at Barca and then went to PSG. So, all but teammates from both teams voted for him. And because of his big, like, ceremonious exit from the club, people feel like he might have been a bit wronged or a bit dog. So, then they're like, oh, I'll give him a vote. So, there'd be a few sympathy votes in there. Oh, I think Lewandowski so- only lost by, like, it was like 30 votes or something like that. It was pretty close. Pretty tight. That- yeah, no, okay. I think all those things were factors. But I think the main thing for Messi is that um, the Ballon d'Or is a French 
football. That's how it started, French Football Writers Award, right? That's how it started. And he left Spain and he's playing in France. There, mm. There's your answer for me. I Makes think sense. That, that if, if Ronaldo had gone there, um, we, we'd be having a different conversation. And I think if Lewandowski had gone there, we'd definitely be having a different <laughs> conversation. So He'd walk it in, yeah. Sean, am I hearing you right? This is very much World Cup Qatar bidding rights s kind of situation here. Bunch of homers, mate. That's all they are. Bunch of homers. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You heard it here first. <laughs> Alrighty, let's crack into the games that happened over the weekend, and these are the ones that did go ahead, even with the heavy snowfall across the UK. We start off with Arsenal versus Newcastle, and Arsenal managed to steady the ship after last week's reality check from Liverpool. Uh, what do you think of them, Josh? Did you, were they impressive for you? Yeah, yeah, like you said, good bounce back. Um, pretty solid uh, result. I thought um, the, the first thing, to be honest, that caught my eye uh, was John Joe Shelby sort of, I don't know if his first game back, first one I've seen of him back attempting a couple of screamer long shots. Didn't, yeah, almost got one, didn't quite pay off, but I love to see that from the bald fella. Um, and also Aubameyang's uh, absolute sitter that he missed. Um, aside oh, from that, one hit the post, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, from about a yard out. Aside from that, yeah, I thought Arsenal were, yeah, convincingly better and looked the same as they did the couple of weeks prior to the Liverpool game. So just back back on track again, which is good for them. Um, the first goal from Saka was nice. He At times, he seemed like he was doing a lot of good stuff and causing a lot of trouble, but uh, sort of squandered some, some easier chances where he could have, like, laid the ball off and just like that. I guess you put it up to maybe immaturity or lack of vision, which will come. But um, classy goal that he did get in the end. Um, and I want to, you guys give your thoughts on the game, but I did have a question regarding the potential penalty for Newcastle later on um, in the game. If you saw that one, yeah, I did. I did see that, and I will touch on it after after on. this. But I just quickly want to go back to John Joe Shelby, your point you made. So there were was an article that came out that uh, back when Eddie Howe signed on the dotted line that he wanted to build his team around John Joe. Yeah, naturally. So I, so I think after hearing that news and the fact that he's got two starts in the last two games, he's buzzing and he's actually putting in some work rate and not getting himself sent off in on a substitute appearance. Yeah. So this could be a new beginning for him. This is Eddie's how Eddie Howe's first game in the dugout because um he's the last one he had to do from a hotel COVID, room right? yeah because of because of COVID. But yeah, I I agree with you guys. I thought Arsenal were good. Um, Saka just looked unreal. He just looked so busy and so. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, like so busy and just so dangerous every time he got the ball. Like every time he gets the ball, he thinks something's going to happen. And um, yeah, like the stadium just like rises when he gets the ball. You can feel the whole energy change. Um, I thought Erdegaard was good. Um, Martinelli come on and, and scored a nice goal as well. That was classy. couple of patches where I thought Arsenal looked vulnerable at the back and if they weren't playing Newcastle, they might have got in, in trouble. Um, but yeah, geez, Newcastle looking in trouble. They man, still no wins, right? And what's going to happen to them? Although they've got all this money and they can't spend it yet because the transfer window is not open, if they find themselves still rock bottom in January with no wins, like no one's going to go there. So even though you've got all this cash, how you still like? What's the point of going there? Because you're going to go down. Do you know what I mean? So well, you, get, you, get, yeah. you get the players with the wrong attitude going there. Like, yeah, it's going for a payday who aren't going to work to try and get them out then of the wrong Then they're on big deals. Battle. How are you going to get them yeah. out of the club? Yeah. And so I think realistically, I think like we're only going to be halfway through the season in January, right? But I think they are fighting for relegation right now because I think if they're oh, bottom yeah. or 100%. haven't won, then it is over for them. Well, so they, they, need, they need to win now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, a team in this position, um, in this part of the season, uh, how many points are they on? Six. At this point of the Six season, draws. has never not been relegated. <laughs> so yeah. they're they're really up against it. Fuck, and I think a damning stat. Something else about no other team in the top three leagues in England are winless aside from Newcastle. Oh my god! Like that, <sighs> so honestly, who, who's going to go there? Like you need someone who's like decent and on the outer at a club like. John Joe Shelby. Are, you, know, you know, a club that's included in that stat, Josh, is Derby, who are literally in administration at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah. That's how bad Newcastle are going. I know. But yeah, I, I agree. I think they're looking dire straits at the moment and they haven't got any sort of bounce from Eddie Howe coming in uh, that you would hope. I think the problem was they sort of, they got a little bit of a bounce from new ownership and then they didn't get it from the uh, from the actual manager when, the, when he came in. So that's been disappointing the- for them. Yeah, go, yeah. I was going to say that the bounce, though, that they got was just losing by less. Like, yeah, that is a bounce I, for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I exactly. think that they didn't get the full value. You know, when, as you say, the bounce and you bring in a, a new manager, I think because it was like a soft entrance from how? Do you know what I mean? Like, because he couldn't be there, he couldn't be on the training ground. Like, I don't know, some of mm. that like energy and stuff just goes away because it's like a soft entrance, as in like he did it remotely yeah. for. A week or two, and then and then he started. So I think that misses out. That hurts them a little bit. But one positive I mean, things, for are, things are looking up. Yeah, they do play Norwich next. So one, one positive for Newcastle is they, they do uh, they do look better attacking now because of like obviously Eddie Howe's system. He's more of attacking like coach. Pretty poor defensively, but at least they will have a chance of scoring some more goals now. Because I mean, with Brucey, they never really looked looked too likely. So yeah. hopefully, they can start scoring some goals. But yeah, it but looks bad. It looks bad. But realistically, who are they going to catch? Like, are they honestly going to catch Leeds? Are they going to catch Watford? Are they going to jump over those teams and get out? I just can't see it happening. Realistically, they might catch Norwich or Burnley. But how are you, you going to get above Leeds? How are you going to get above Watford? Only team getting out. Yeah, the only team getting out of there is Burnley at the moment for me. Yeah, and that's a stretch. Yeah, after they yeah. beat Spurs and, and jump out of the bottom three. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that rematch won't happen for ages. Don't worry, we're covered. All right, let's crack into the next one here. And it was Liverpool 4, Southampton nil. And before we get too deep into the game, um, I just want to remind everyone this was a derby. It was the academy team <laughs> versus the first squad. Um, and I love the best part of this derby is every time they run through the teams for Liverpool, they go, they try and crowbar in any little link that that player might have to Southampton. Yeah, it's, it's less fantastic. and less these days. His auntie, like, his auntie supports Southampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Mane and Van Dyke that are left? Mane, Van Dyke. Oh, no, they, br- they brought up Oxlade-Chamberlain because they're like, oh, Henderson coming oh. in for the former for the former Southampton player, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Well, when it's he just, was six and a half. It's yeah. just like all these stretches they got to make to try and get him in. Oh, there was one, uh, the most ridiculous one was one of your bench players was on loan at Southampton last year and they yep. brought that up. Take credit for that, bad boy, for sure. Yeah. Um, Unreal. What do you boys think? Well, well, speaking of um, guys playing against their former team, what do we think about uh, Van Dyke not celebrating before we get into the actual game? Oh, I didn't see that. Did you score the volley yes. and then he just like turned and just like stood still and then everyone jumped on him? <laughs> but it, it wasn't definitely... like, you reckon it was that because of that or just because he doesn't really celebrate though. He's sort of like pretty muted, sort of like cool, cool dude anyway. Oh, okay. And then it was 4-0 as well. So yeah, maybe that didn't help. As a combination maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe you would get better value. Yeah, I, I thought Fuck like, Liverpool, cool. Liverpool look fucking unbelievable though, don't they? Like they just oh, yeah, like, absolutely flying um, like, 
a lot of stuff was going down the left. Like Liverpool tend to go down the right a little bit. Yeah. More, I think maybe because Robinson was back, they went down the left a little bit more. I mean, Thiago was fucking unbelievable. Oh, um, man, everything goal. he does, his goal, but his touches, his passes, yeah. like the weight of his passes, the stuff he sees, fuck, he's my favorite player in I the world. I love watching him. Like, yeah. He's fucking just so unbelievable. He's just so fucking good. Um, yeah. But he, he really makes him tick. Like, when he first started, everyone thought, oh, he's, he's good, but he slows Liverpool down too much. But I, I kind of think the opposite. I, th- no. I think that now that he's like got his feet um, under the desk, he just looks so much more comfortable. And he really makes him tick now. And I think like Henderson, his energy and work rate and Fabinho's like stability um, is just like the perfect combination for him where he can like just strut his stuff. Like you got Henderson doing all this work, making those third man runs, breaking past strikers and stuff like that. You got Fabinho like sitting there at the back, um, you know, keeping everything calm, um, you know, keeping his position and it just allows Thiago just to do his magic. But he looked fucking unbelievable. Maybe I'm carrying on about him too much. But can I, um, yeah, Jotel also looked really good. Can I just jump in on a Thiago note real quick um, with that whole mm. people used to say that he you know slows Liverpool down, but I have really agreed with that because he does he controls the tempo and he goes slow and then all of a sudden he like snaps and he plays a ball yeah. that like normally would be three passes for any other team, but he yeah. plays it in one and it and the, the game goes yes. from zero to a hundred. So and, that's what's so good about him. Yeah, but that's why people did think that he was slowing the game down because people thought that like. Um, He's got the ball, so whatever he does, it goes. But he deliberately does that. He like he plays the. He says this whole game is going to go at the pace that I choose it to go at. Yeah. If I want to speed want. it up, I'll speed it up. If I want to slow it down, I'll slow it down. But speaking of slow it down, man, Liverpool took their foot off the gas in the second half, didn't they? Like yeah. They yeah. Went, uh, two minutes they went up, and then they got their second and third just before halftime, and then they were just cruising at the end. And I think Ralphie even at the end. Um, in the post-match interview, he said, um, yeah, I think Liverpool took their foot off the gas in the, in the second half. It was almost boring, to be honest, yeah. 4-0 four, four up at like the 60th minute mark, right, or just before that, wasn't it? 52, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, yeah, I mean, most teams are going to take their foot off the gas at that stage. And I think Liverpool have uh, sort of maybe gone a little bit more towards like that Chelsea style. Not nowhere near as much as Chelsea, but like once you're up and you're solid, just sort of sit back and and um especially when you're four 0 up in fifty second minute mark, right? Like you can really take your foot off. But yeah. I think uh Liverpool were fantastic. I agree. And um yeah, Thiago and the multiple and I think with Thiago as well, we talk about him going direct. I think if you got players like Salah and Mane running it cutting in on the wings, like that's the exact Man. bloke you want in behind yeah. slotting in the balls. Mm. But I also think that um, the pressure of the game and this Liverpool's relentlessness really wore on the Saints. So a lot of undisciplined defending um, and being under pressure <laughs> oh, constantly yeah. just led to some brain fades. There was one, I think it was the uh, second Jota goal where Salisu sort of marking uh, Salah, forces him back, and then he just chases the pass from Salah straight out to the, um, I think it's Henderson it's top of the nutmegged. box. And yeah, and, and then leaves Amazing. Salah in the box unmarked. And you're just like, what are you doing? And then obviously went led to a goal, which was bad from him. But um, like Southampton have that in them, don't they? Like you look at the, I think Leicester batted them nine nil or something. I think me and you batted them nine one. And I thought like this was going to be one of those. Not, yeah, not too long ago. And then I think Liverpool kept going the way they were going and wanted to, and you know didn't have um, Champions League just before have a game midweek, I think they probably could have put their foot on the gas and really pulled them apart. So when it goes wrong for Southampton, yeah. it really, really goes wrong. But Halsey, I want to ask about um, a couple of selections, right? So uh, Matt, Matt Hip not in the team at the moment and uh, yep. Kinate seems to be playing in front of him. 
yeah um most of the time so what is that is that injury is that selection what's i don't know to be honest i don't know whether it's like rotation or, or injury i have to check up on the status of matt but um i imagine they want to get as much time into canate as they can to guess i guess see what he's made of and if you're battering teams four nil then you can be this fairly comfortable yeah. yeah but I, I i don't know he's he's at times i see him do stuff and I'm like, yeah that's van dyke-esque the way he chases plays down and does stuff and then other times it's a little bit loose so he's still a bit raw for me a bit naive at times but i think the potential's there and maybe that's what they see so like let's invest more time into him but uh not 100 percent sure on the exact reason I, w- I wonder if um as well like you know the premier is going to be more physically like intense than the uh than the uh champions league so maybe mm. they give massive arrest on these smaller games where it's um and you bring canati and get some like a run into his legs and um, in a more physically demanding game, he will stand out because he is more athletic than Matip and a bit yeah. more like that. And if you've got Van Dyke next to him, I think he can play a good, with he's, a good, he's a good defender. Yeah, yeah. right. So he's still got Joe Gomez to come back in there too. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's looking yeah. very good for Liverpool defensively this year. As last year, it was like dire straits. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, exactly right. It's okay so yeah, it's good. Good to be keeping the clean sheets as well. Like um, I think. Uh, Southampton had two or three shots, maybe one or two of those are on target. Um, so no real threat. Uh, and the Oracle th- uh, attacking threat statistics were heavily in Liverpool's favour. I haven't seen. Well, I thought up until that point I hadn't seen one that one sided, but we'll touch on one which turned out to be even more one sided later in the pod. We so, will. Um, yeah. We will get there. But first, we've got to touch on. Manchester City versus West Ham. So City won this game two nil, and the City steam train just. Keeps rolling on, doesn't it? Another sort of convincing win against a good team, not not on City's level or the other two top teams, but you know they're a decent team, West Ham, and they just looked so anonymous for me in this game. Sean, mm. how did you read it? Yeah, similar thing. I think I I thought West Ham would make a better crack of it going into the game, and then when I saw the weather and the state of the pitch. Um, which Pep later come out and said the, the groundsmen were men of the match because they um, were able to get the game going. But <laughs> they did, yeah. Especially when I saw, I thought they were going to have a crack. Then when I saw the state of the pitch, I thought West Ham were in with a real chance. But the conditions didn't really affect Man City. I know we're going to come on to a couple of other games where it, it really did affect the play. But I don't know. It just didn't seem to break down Man City's um, control of the game, the possession, the style that they were going to do. I think it was a little bit slower. Um but apart from that, I think, yeah, Man City were all over them. I think like 2-1 is even a little bit generous to West Ham too because for me, Manchester City controlled the whole game um, and West Ham's goal, which was an absolute worldie, come in the 94th minute. So, yeah, I thought 2-1 was a little bit generous. But Man City, I think that I think we start, said at the start of the show, those top three are in a different level to um, everyone else and um, I think this showed it. If uh, West Ham are the next best, there's a bit of a gap there. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. And yeah, I think like West Ham didn't get many chances. Antonio again, I mean, when West Ham aren't getting many chances, Antonio is obviously going to go missing. But yeah, he again couldn't really, you know, impress himself on the game. I thought Declan Rice was a bit of a shining light for West Ham. Oh, here he we go. Doing, he was doing the work of like 10 men there. In the, he, <laughs> yeah. was, he, he was doing a lot of work and a lot yeah, of good yeah. work as well and trying to sort of, you know, get the team going and sort of lead by example, but he was sort of left on his on his lonesome to do that. Um, but I've got a question for you here, and it's not necessarily just related to this game, but now we've sort of see those top three pulling away from everyone. How do you rank those top three at the moment? Let's not look at points. So obviously Chelsea are on top of whatever, but like 
where do you see those top three? Do you see it as still what it reads at the table or do you see it differently between those top three? Uh, I would go, um, it's obviously going to be tight, but I would go Man City. I still think, I think I tip Man City starts in the win. I still think Man City, um, I did tip Chelsea to come second, I believe. So I think that um, I'm going to change that at the moment. I think Liverpool are going to be second and Chelsea third. So just because Liverpool looks so good at the start of the year, I thought they were going to be off, you know, these two teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, they look as good as ever. So City, Liverpool, Chelsea for me. Yeah, I think I went tipped Liverpool, Chelsea, City. and But at the moment, I'd say similar order to you at the moment, Sean. I think uh, Man City and Liverpool have been like red hot lately, just, just belting teams. Chelsea being very good, don't get me wrong, but if, yeah, it's so tight. If you had to pick a third place, you'd probably put Chelsea there at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really anyone's, still anyone's league at, the, at, at that top three. Um, you know where Man City get on those runs and like when they start to um, like really stride towards the title, they look like mechanical in their play, like they look like robots and they're just grinding out result after result. They look like, to me, they're in that mode at the moment. They are, so. yeah. Uh, that yeah. that looks very very scary for everyone well, else, and I just think they're just so fucking consistent. Yeah, that's it. That's I, that's what I thought I saw on them even last week, um, and so that I think I predicted this game that that West Ham just wouldn't see enough of the ball Keep to do in. anything yeah. decent with it. Which is why Antonio didn't get a kick, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that's pretty much all I had on notes in this game. I just wrote pretty much how I predicted it would go. <laughs> And yeah. and what a strike by Lanzini! So fair play to him for it that was, one. But was it was a good goal? But I, I what about you, buddy? Flipping that or you've I, Chelsea? I actually think at the moment with you, Sean. I think City are at the top. I think Chelsea have dropped off the last couple of weeks. Like they've, I mean, they've drawn lot, drawn one and drawn. But I think they've been even in that win, they are pretty unconvincing. So I, I'd say it's probably City. It's really hard to pick between Liverpool and Chelsea for these two. I probably. Just judging on the last few games, probably go uh, Liverpool and then Chelsea, but like still so yeah. tight between so. between those three. And it's going to be, it's. I hope it stays like this all season because it's going to be so interesting. But you can yeah. make an argument either way, right? So you, oh, exactly. you and I were the exactly. same there, Barn, but at the same time, we're just sort of saying through our teeth that like, yeah, Chelsea aren't good at the moment, but hang on their top and, um, you know, they still don't lose. And, and then you could just go down that alley of, oh, is that the sign of a good team, right, where you can play terribly and still win a game? Yeah. Like, I, think if you, I, I think if you judge it on the eye test from the past few weeks, test, for me, yeah. it's like it's City, like City Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea for me. But and yeah. I hope that the top three stay within touch of each other for like yeah. the most of the season because even though, yeah. you know, ultimately I want Liverpool to win, it'll be much more exciting to see a so three-horse race yeah. rather than, you know, one or two. Like you don't want like one team running away with it and winning the league by like 10 points like Leicester did. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, mate. Yeah. Wait, hang go. on. Let me scroll down. i got to find them on the – oh, yeah, there they are. Speaking <laughs> of 10 – all right, well, let's 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 go straight to that uh, Leicester game. Then Leicester got the win four two. Finally, they were able to start a game well, Shawno, for a bit, yeah, for a bit, for a bit. Um, but yeah, no, we looked we looked all right. I think um, I, like the first half to the second half, these conditions, man, absolute crazy, which really oh my really God. impacted the game. I've never ever seen snow like that in Leicester. Ever the snowflakes, they, they looked like they were biscuits coming out of the sky. Huge, they yeah, so killed someone. Absolute biscuits. <laughs> but that, um, the I think it was, uh, yeah, Dennis's goal, um, like that was just purely oh. snow conditions, right? Like that wasn't. He didn't see him coming. Yeah. He snacked it right off his foot. 
And and just yeah, I think Castagna got caught on the ball, but I mean that or maybe nice Thomas, finish though. But yeah, a good finish. But I mean that's not happening in normal conditions, right? So yeah, no, I thought Leicester were good. I, I saw um, glimpses of like the old Leicester. I said in a couple of earlier pods that they'd gone missing, and you don't know who, who they are. And when you see them play, like you can't see the patterns of play, the style of play. But I think Madison, his form last week in the Europa League was super, and then this game again, he was unreal. Like, what do you get a goal and maybe two assists? I think for both of Vardy's goals. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we look, we got, got some cutting edge when he's playing. So I can't wait. Until we've got Tillemans back because we had Tillemans at the start of the year and Madison was, you know, form and injury missing. Now Tillemans gets injured and Madison turns it on. But I think once we get the both of those back and clicking, um, get some stability in the back line, I think we'll really make a run at the table. But for, for patches, the best part, best thing I can say about Leicester is with glimpses of this game, we'll back to our old selves. Yeah, I think um, it, yeah, it wasn't like. Uh... I'd say for the most part, most of the game, they were they were on top and looked like themselves at least. Um, back to back to my notes real quick. I did have just a lot of fucking snow as was one of my notes, and there was. And it, it, I don't know whether it had or it didn't at that stage actually, but that early Christmas present for Madison's first goal, like oh my god, what, what was he yeah, doing? Yeah, truce to Kong, I believe it was. He hmm. should be investigated for match fixing. That oh, was yeah. criminal. That was that was, was no, so bad. So what I was he trying to do? Well, I don't know. Was he trying to duck completely or was he trying to get a little skim so skim it kicked it. on? Yeah, on nah, the back? He, was, he, he was pretending like he got a call from the keeper. That, that was like so well. Oh. Big, but he's he's two meters outside the box. Like that's a long way to live for a keeper in snowy conditions. Yeah. I've got two, the just, scenario just, though. Yeah, go. I was going to say, if you're not sure, head it. That's no, like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. You, that's the uh-huh. position where you get a call from the keeper, you head it. You're not sure what's behind you, you head it. Or third option, then- you just head it. <laughs> You just have the Even argument that later. Bold. You head it away yeah. and the keeper says, what the fuck, I was coming for that or whatever. You're like, yeah, all right, we'll hash that out later. But right now, we still haven't conceded. Yeah, exactly right. And yeah, anyway. The, uh, worst, yeah. the worst case scenario if you header it is that you clear the ball out for a throw-in. Yeah. That's and the worst yeah. case scenario. The, the <laughs> If you leave it, the worst case scenario is exactly that, what happened. Yeah. He's, he's, Madison, which I, the way he finished it, I actually thought it was Vardy for a second there. That was such a good finish. Well, the commentator but, said that. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. I thought, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, I thought you might have done that. But I think now just another point on this game as well is just Vardy just again proves how valuable he is to Leicester and I guess any team he was in because he just makes fantasy. something, he just makes something from nothing. He just, he's, he can be like absolutely not in a game at all. He gets one through ball and he latches onto it and finishes first time. It's just so impressive from just, the man. When, when he's through like that in those chances, I just instantly think goal. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like you know 100%. when you like if Sterling's through one on one, you're like, oh, oh man, we like Werner. <laughs> if this in. goes through, what's going to happen here? Um, like do you know what I mean? Fred, there's, there's those yeah. players who you like. <laughs> yeah, there's a players who you're like. You're really not sure, but have you say he's finishing. I mean, it has to be the best in the league, doesn't it? He's like efficiency, that's almost be, yeah, yeah, efficiency. Yeah, show me, show yeah, efficiency, right? So, so finishing, so a, a few chances for a really good output of goals. Whereas I feel as though if he went and played at, um, like put him in Man City's team now, I mean, he scores thirty, doesn't he? With all those chances. Even Liverpool, if we had a striker that could score like ninety percent of their shots, yeah. But he he fits into those teams too, like. 
Do you know what I mean? If you if you were to put him in uh, out through the middle of um, Liverpool, he would play like that pressing, um, fast pace. Oh yeah, in behind stuff like he wouldn't look out of place there. Same as Man City, like he'd just fit in. Like the amount of crosses and tap ins that he'd get at Man City would be Fox fucking in the ridiculous. Box. Yeah, yeah. He'd be, that, he'd be, he would fit more for them. That second goal, he had no right to get on the end of that one. Like I thought the keeper was getting there. And he just I didn't even understand the, the physicality of how he the touch he made. It just went in a different direction past the keeper. It was phenomenal. Unreal. Did we also uh, see oh, poor old Sancho was in the wars? He was knocking some terrible oh. balls out of the back line. Almost and got he no cops goal. a huge deflection in the back, <laughs> yeah. and he actually looked like he hurt himself. And then the second <laughs> half, indeed, he goes to the the scissor volley at but, the goal and hits him square in the nose. Fucking <laughs> But I want to know what's he doing. So the ball gets for those that are inside. Yeah, the no. ball gets headed out. It's a looping ball, and it's coming down. And everyone in the whole fucking stadium can see that Ndidi's going to try and crack this as hard as he can. And instead of like moving to the side, ducking, um, like, yeah, doing any anything other than what he did, but he just walked like directly straight at Ndidi. And it's not as if he was out to the side and, and Ndidi like shanked it or anything. He was walking like directly at him and he, man, he caught this volley like and then it cracked him right in the face. Fucking hilarious. I think at this stage... Not even Sancho knows what he's doing. He's a he, walking he, meme. He, I'm sorry, Sean. I gotta. I he's gotta not. Say ha- he's not having a good season. He really what, isn't having a good he season. Doing? Like, what is he? I don't know what he thought was going to happen. Know. He's walking directly, and it's not as even. He, he didn't like you know people in the wall jumping or like he didn't do any of that. Just walk straight, hands down, straight in front of him. It's no self-preservation like no. mechanics in his brain. I don't know what's worse that um, that. It, if he thought about protecting himself, said, no, nah, I'm too tough, I'll do it, or he didn't even think about protecting himself. I don't know what makes him look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> or anything Both. he does now with the probably horrific concussion he's received after that, he's going to be <laughs> definitely a few brain cells shorter. I think one one note on Watford, though, for this game is that, for me at least, they look like they've got enough to stay up. Yeah, they look they better. Should, they? should be good to stay up. And I think they're already in a decent position comparatively to some other teams down there. So... I'm not so worried about Watford. Um, they've got the ability to take it to good teams. Um, they've also got the ability to beat shit teams like United last week. So yeah. uh, that one in there for Jubba. But um, yeah, I think Watford are looking okay, even though they lost 4-2. But let's get on to the last game we want to review here. That is Chelsea 1, United 1. And while I think United got away with one here, I think Chelsea only have themselves to blame, right? The amount of chances they wasted, and I guess that's what you get for starting Timo Werner, right? 20, <laughs> yeah. uh, Chelsea, yeah. 24 shots to United's three. Um, wow. Only six of those Jesus. shots were on target. So, yeah, just not good enough in terms of finishing for uh, for Chelsea. But I thought hudson Doy looked um, looked very impressive. He looks so sharp, man. He's just – I know there's been a lot of hype about him, but you never really got to see him. But now I think he's sort of coming to his own. His own. He, he, looked, he, he really glides. Good. Doesn't he? He's, yeah. a, he's one of those players who just glides across the ground. To, yeah. So nice to watch. Terrible mistake by um, Jorginho for the um, first goal. Oh. I, mean, I love plucking them out in the sky. Like I practice those all the time. It's, it's They're good fun. But I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't do it in that situation. You've got two guys like bearing down on you and any type of like dodgy touch, the ball's going to get pinched. And yeah, it was that's a heavy a touch and um, Sancho. And then I th- when Sancho was running through, Marcus is next to him. I thought, man, you better finish this because if you don't, yeah. if Mendy gets a foot to this, then you yeah. miss. Oh, Rush is going to fucking God. tell you a new one. But pretty good, good luck, good finish. That, to be fair. Yeah. So I saw, yeah. um, I saw Sky Sports tweeted out that this was the one of the greatest, 
counter-attacking goals of the season or something like that. It was like something ridiculous statement. What? I'm like, how? The United player hoofed it out of the back line. Jorginho botched yeah. the touch and Sancho and Rashford are sprinting on with no one competing against him. Like, how is it good like the, one of the howlers of the season. Yeah. It was yeah. made up of no passes. There's no <laughs> exactly. passes in that match. Yeah. Not even Sancho it passed down. it to Rashford. I Crazy. think maybe it was the greatest because Bruno Fernandes kicked the ball really high and that was really cool. That's what he was meant to do last <laughs> week when he gave away that pen. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Man, Man News team, so a um, couple of changes. So instead of going for the four, the McFred combination and then Bruno in the, the front three, um, yeah, they've gone for a four, three. I suppose it's a bit of a diamond in the midfield, to, to be honest, and then the, the two up front. So, um, yeah, so slight change. So, you might see that sort of style of Ranić coming through on that. And no Ronaldo, which is the big headline. Carrick said he spoke to him before the game and he said he was completely fine with it. So, yeah, okay. I do find that, find that hard to believe. Very hard to believe. Um, that Ronaldo was like, yeah, sure, no worries. I'll sit on the bench. Or who are you playing up front? Oh, okay, Rashford, yeah, right, and Sancho, yeah. How many goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah no worries. Um, but I thought <laughs> I thought Manage was really good too. To be fair, I, he he sat at the base of that midfield, and if you go watch that game, watch some of his first time passes. Some of the his yeah. first time passes that broke lines were just unreal. Um, he has I, done yeah, a few th- good ones. I thought his passes were really really good on point. That's what Fred needs to be. Like they just put him in instead of Fred and swap Fred out. What you, what, you, but what you what you need is you need Fred's energy and you need manager's passing ability and, and sort of read of the game. Yeah. But yeah. the problem is you don't. You got half of each, so you're never going to have that. But I guess they just mm. need to get go out and buy someone better. But yeah, I think Chelsea, like we said, wastes a lot of good chances. Um, oh. All players are heavily involved. You saw Reese James heavily involved throughout as well. Looked pretty menacing. Um, but obviously, Chilwell, I didn't realize, did he get injured in the Champions League game during the week or was it a last weekend? Because he's out till January. Champions League game um, oh, during the week and he tore a minor tear of the ACL. So, um, I think he got a third degree tear. So, that's not ruptured, just torn. Um, initially uh, thought six weeks, but um, okay. I think it'll be much longer. No, I and, think and, it might be too. That sounds like it'd be Feb then probably if it's the ACL. I see, uh, yeah, but not ruptured. So, yeah, I suppose it degrees yeah. on the it, it depends on the degree of the the tear. But uh, unfortunately for him, he was having a great season. Yeah, I know, I know. And I guess, I guess it's um, it's good if you're a Chelsea fan though, because you lose Chilwell, but then you have Marcus Alonso come in, who was for the first six weeks of the season the best left back in the league. So, you know, it's it's not too tough on him. Yeah, not bad at all. So uh, I got a couple of notes here. So. Uh, the Oracle stats on attacking threat. This was the match that I was referring to that was the most one-sided I've ever seen. Like there's like, there was two little blips on the Man United side. And other than that, it was all Chelsea and they, yeah, they just couldn't finish, but they looked very comfortable uh, aside from the final result. Um, and on the the topic of horrific mistakes and, and wasted chances, how about Rudiger at the end of the game the to, to win it? Um, when that ball got crossed over to him, and I saw how much space he had, I assumed he was going to bring it down. So I actually went and put the kettle on. I thought I'll put it. I'll get a cup of tea, and by the time I get back, he'll he'll finish. The, I'll get to see him finish that one off. And uh, to my surprise, he, he hit it first time into Rose Ed. And yeah, I couldn't but believe that's it. that's that's what you expect from a centre back in that position. You don't expect what Van Dyke did to volley it on top of the box and it goes in right. Like yeah. you expect a centre back to hit it like that. And I was like. It's obviously disappointing for Chelsea fans to see, but like I'm not that surprised at Rudiger, no, who yeah. hasn't got, you know, he's not known for his technique, hit it like that. So. I think all all Chelsea fans were just excited that it wasn't Werner. It didn't fall to Werner. 
So. Yeah. Oh yeah, he had a he he's not uh innocent in his himself. Did you see the one that he missed? The oh. one that he's like, Oh hang on a sec, give me half now, boys. I'm gonna run around on this and put it on my right foot. Oh, it's God. like a tennis player running around a backhand to hit a forehand and just shanking the shit out of it. It's shocking. What, what I, like I understand that Werner offers more than just his finishing to that team, and that's a fair point. But you also still have to finish. Like you can't just be or like, pass. like Bobby yeah. Bobby Firmino, right? Is like a player who is not in the Liverpool team for just his scoring, but he still scores goals. Where yeah. Werner just does not score. He he might open up areas of the field, drags defenders out of positions, does that good work. That's great. But you've still got to you know you get chances like that you've still got to finish. Like you've still got to when you get your chance, you got to put them away, which he just doesn't. So I think it's gone past the point now where people can keep claiming that like. He's um he does more for the team because there's enough of that in the team already. You don't you don't his value isn't good enough to just be in there for doing that now. He's got to yeah. finish. Pull Sitch in, I say. Um, and I think ultimately it was a it was a good result for Liverpool and Manchester City. Keeps that that top three a little bit tighter. So and the neutral fans. So as the and the neutral because it keeps it nice and tight and compact yep. up top there. Alrighty. Now, we sure did mention at the start of the episode, we have got the midweek games coming up. So, we'll be pretty quick through these. We'll probably touch on some of the bigger ones. But um, first one we got here, Southampton versus Leicester City in Southampton. Sean, I'll cut to you first as the avid Leicester fan. Do you think you can carry on the form? Yeah, I think we'll carry on the form. I think this game comes at a good time for Leicester. Leicester just in good form, the Europa League and um, and the last week's result. Um, suggest that we are, yeah, back to some form. And I think Southampton are struggling. So, yeah, I think Leicester will do it here. And I think they might even do it comfortably. Yeah, I think uh, that pretty much hit the nail on the head, pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I feel like the the glimpses of Leicester's form in the last game uh, will was enough to show that they're a bit more consistent, they'll be a bit more consistent this week, uh, especially with the shorter week. And Southampton, yeah, will be pretty diminished and they don't bounce back like a Manchester City or a Liverpool do after a loss. So I think it's going to be GG to Southampton unless the City will win this by a couple, I reckon. I, I agree. I think South, good time to play Southampton if you're a Leicester fan, right? All right, next one here, Watford versus Chelsea. Um, we know Chelsea have been a bit shaky the last few weeks. Watford are a team that can score, especially on the counter. So, Josh, have they got any chance of winning this one? Uh, no, nah, not unless they could win a penalty on the counter attack. But otherwise, I don't really see them being too much of a threat to Chelsea's pretty strong defense. Um I assume Chelsea will be working on the training pitch this week to try and improve their sort of attacking finishing um, with with last week. It was a bit frustrating for them. So I think they'll bounce back um, and win this very comfortably. Sean, how do you see it? Yeah, I don't know if I want to offend um, Londoners by saying, is this a London derby or not? But I think, uh, yeah, Chelsea will be too good for, <laughs> for Watford. I think they're out of the city bounds, aren't they? Yeah. Watford, I don't, I don't like to go into that airport at yeah. all. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think Chelsea will be too strong again. I think we'll see Rom back as well, which hopefully should sort out some of their finishing woes. Up Good game front, to come back he, too. <laughs> he did come. He did um, come on at the end of the the game on the weekend. So yeah, hopefully those Chelsea fans they can get the win and get back to some winning ways. All right, next one we got here: West Ham versus Brighton. So West Ham have dropped off the last few weeks. They've played some big teams. So you know, probably expected from them. Um, Brighton have sort of lost that early season form. So how do we see this one playing out, Josh? 
Yeah, I think, like you said, with Brighton losing a bit of that early season form, I guess this could be an opportunity to, to bounce back and get it back a little bit. But I think West Ham are going to bounce back stronger after their, their loss um, to Man City. So I think West Ham, yeah, just the styles these two teams play, I feel like it's a little bit in West Ham's advantage as well. So I think that, uh, granted, there's no snow again this week, that um, West Ham will get this one in a close one, though. Sure, no? I'm probably leaning towards West Ham. I think they'll do it. I think Brighton un- haven't won in the last five games. So I think West Ham will do it, but I'll go against a bit what Halsey said. I think they'll do it easily. Ooh. Easily, yeah. Brave. I think, like Josh said, it's a um, it's a good team for West Ham to come up against. They, you know, Brighton are going to want a bit of the ball, and they're going to want to attack, and that's going to leave them open at the back. And they're obviously not as good as these other teams they've played, who are attacking them like Liverpool and and uh, and City and and those other teams. So it's going to be yeah a bad time for Brighton, I think, and it could be a few from West Ham. Alrighty. The Merseyside Derby is the next one up we've got here. Everton take on Liverpool at Everton. Josh, you guys traditionally always win this game, or you never, we'll probably suspect correct that you never really lose this game. So do you think you'll continue? Everton are ravaged with injuries at the moment. Yeah, well, as long as they don't try and get revenge and, and re injure some of our players, I think we'll be fine. And I think I don't really have much to add to this. As long as. Um, like we play a decent strength squad. I think Liverpool are just going to be, especially with Everton's form of recent, just too much for them. And I think Liverpool will continue their form and get a comfortable win. I'd like to see them keep a clean sheet. So that would be probably the only thing that uh, maybe concerns me a little bit, but I think they'll get the win regardless. Good to see that you've moved on from the Van Dyke injury a couple of years back there, Halsey. Um, but Never forget. I think like Everton's form, as Halsey said, trash. Um, lost four of the last five. So Liverpool beat them easily here. Yeah, I I agree. And I saw a funny little story this week that um, there's an Everton shop in uh, what's the shopping centre called Liverpool One, I believe. And so Everton named their shop not they wasn't just Everton Football Shop. It's two. Everton Two. So ah. their address is Everton Two, <laughs> Liverpool One. That's so sick. that's clever. Fair play. They're the kind of mind games that will limit it to a three nil loss. That store's going to get um, robbed after they lose this this weekend by all the federals that live in Liverpool. <laughs> all righty, next one up here. We got Aston Villa versus Man City. Stevie G's first real challenge since he's taken over here. Does he have a chance of actually winning here, Sean? Uh, I'm going to say no, he doesn't. I, like, just it's, it's too tough. I think the. The gap's too big between um, these two teams. I think like Villa will have a good showing. Um, Stevie G won't let him um, get embarrassed, I don't think. But I think, yeah, Man City will be too strong. I think I'm probably thinking Man City 2 0. Oh, no. I've got to disagree heavily. Really? Nothing. Uh, Aston Villa, there's no way they can lose this game with Stevie G at the helm. I think they're going to win 4 <laughs> 0. So, no nah. Liverpool bias at all. No, nah, no, nah, I yeah, no. Nah, I, I think uh yeah, I think that would be a good takeaway if Stevie G could could yeah not get embarrassed by Man City and, and you know keep it a respectable loss. Um that's the that's the result I, I predict. Um uh, but but who knows, they could get the shit belted out of them as well. The bar really gets set low these days, doesn't it, when you play Man City? So uh I agree. I agree. I think City will be far too strong for them and yeah probably along the lines of like a 2-0 but it'll be a pretty dominant 2-0 all 
Not many chances for Villa. Always is, yeah. All right, the big game here for me, Tottenham versus Ugh. Brentford. We've had the week off, well, the weekend off, I should say, uh, and we're coming in fresh to this one. What do you boys think? Because I am worried. I'm, I'm still <laughs> confused. Be. I'm still confused about how are you seventh with a game in hand? Like that's just absolutely yeah. puzzling to me. How the same way that Arsenal were in the Champions League a few weeks ago. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, nah, like sh- I think you'll have enough to to get past um, Brentford. I, I think the week off would probably do you good, almost like freshen up that squad, give um, yeah. Conte a little bit more time with the players on the training pitch as well. So I think it'll yeah, it's probably a blessing in disguise at the moment, and I think you'll get over them. Yeah, I think that Tottenham will get over the line. But, yeah, I think it'll be a tough one and a tight one. Uh, but I think it'll be like – I could say there's been like a 3 2 or a 4 3 even. I reckon you'll sneak over the line, but it's going to be a bit of a goal fest because I actually like really? the way Brentford attack. Um, and I'm not convinced that you guys I? have – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not convinced that you guys have shored up the defensive issues yet. Um, and, yeah, Brentford are really scrappy in the way they attack. They just get all the loose shit. They always shape and, up well yeah. against the like against good teams, don't they? So and that too, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I worry Brentford might uh might have a bit here and and could really uh, do one on Tottenham here and yeah, it's I mean the weekend off. I know you might give a bit more time on the pitch, the training pitch. I hear from uh, some of the players that all they're doing is running. All Conte's uh, regular right. came out really? last weekend. He's like, yeah, I hate it. All we do is run, but like with a smirk nice. on his face. So. He's got the boys running and hopefully soon enough they'll start seeing some performances on the pitch because we haven't seen a hell of a lot of improvement since Conte came in. Alrighty, last one here. Another big derby. We got United versus Arsenal. I don't know which way this one's going to go. Honestly, Ragnick's first I game do. in charge. What do you think, Josh? I think Arsenal are going to win this one. I think with their form... They've got a manager they've had for more than a week. Um, I think their players are at that stage where they're um, working harder. Like they're already doing that as a team now, which is what they were lacking at the start of the season. So they've stepped up to that level, which Man United haven't. So if they, I mean, if they can pull it around in, in a week for Man United or less than a week, then fair play to them. But um, I think with all the change happening around the club and, and their current form and confidence, I just, I don't think United can get a result here, but, you never know. They're, you, I would never have said they would against Chelsea. They're just a very jammy team in the last couple of years. So they could get a draw, but I think Arsenal will win this one. Otherwise, what do you reckon, Shawno? Yeah, I think um, I think Manu will win. I think Manu at home, um, first time Renix is, is in, in charge. And I just think Manu will just have too much class to Arsenal. I think it'll be tight early and I think typical um, United – um, someone will pop up with something. <laughs> just the, the yeah. squad's just too deep, um, which annoys me. And I think they'll pop up with something too classy for Arsenal and get it done in a tight one at home. Yeah, I think I think United will be too strong here. Um, probably unfortunate for Arsenal if they were still facing Carrick's United, they might have got a result. But I think Ragnick coming in might give it a bump. Ronaldo, will he start or won't he? Sure, know if your mm. room is correct. I'm going to say I don't think he will start, but I would love him to. I mean, coming off the bench, though, he's still just as dangerous. He needs like two minutes to score a goal. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that wraps up the previews for us for this midweek games. And it's the end of the show. So, if you want to reach out to us on the socials, you can email in at footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. 
uh, on Facebook at Football Played on Paper. Uh, Instagram is at Football Played on Paper. And Twitter handle is at Football on Pods. And Anything else, Ods? I think, yeah, we also want to add in that we just started a GoFundMe for Jobber to purchase a new clip-on tie um, and a new reversible belt. Um, so, if you guys want to donate some money or if you do see a nice brown and black reversible one, just uh, send it send it in to, to one of our addresses. But that's and about he, it. And you'll sling him a coffee cup, um, football plate on paper, coffee cup holes from the match <laughs> yeah, ball. Exactly. I'll sign it too. Yeah. Burn into the wafer. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one.